0: Hello, and my name is Pete Rushmer, and I'm your host today of a Half Dozen Things podcast. A Half Dozen Things is a podcast for business owners just like you. Whether you're an underdog hungry for success, or you're already smashing it, but want to continue to level up, we are here each week for you to get insight and learning from the very best in the business. No fluff, no BS, and no self-proclaimed gurus talking about how easy business or life is good afternoon everybody how are you today uh for this lunchtime live from flagship partners Uh, my name is pete rushman i'm the managing director of flagship i'm on a slightly wobbly table uh, working from home and to be honest i probably should be being quite careful over um the fact that the children are on school holidays today so they are here and uh, I could be interrupted at any time but I've told them to try and be quiet at least for about 10 minutes whilst I make this video uh, for people so one of the things that I see regularly in my Facebook group which is uh, around um, I get asked regularly what other transport managers include in their transport compliance audits and what is part of the audit and um, one of the things that I wanted to share which I haven't really spoken about before is why Auditing is so important, and what is included uh, within within the audit process, and particularly if you've never done it before, what um, what should be covered? Uh, good morning, Martin. or afternoon, even. I hope you're well. Uh, thanks for thanks for being here and having a listen. So, with um, uh, O license auditing, I recommend auditing uh, your transport processes on an annual basis, and what we include in that is initially the operator's license and the administration behind it so on a regular basis particularly i would say on a monthly basis if you're moving vehicles around if you have trailer changes if you uh, buy and change vehicles on a regular basis it could be even more regularly but uh, it's worth going on the goods vehicle O license system and just making sure that all of the details are correct and that's the first port of call for uh, the compliance audit is to ensure that all of the details are correct, the operating is correct, and the transport manager is correct. So if that's your own business, then that's fairly straightforward. You should know all of that. But if as an app external company going in, that's something that we just make sure is absolutely correct um, and everything is there, are there any, you know, is there any operating centres that need to be declared that aren't part of it that are potentially form part of any recommendations? The other thing when it's available we check would be the operator compliance risk score and the OCRS score. We'd look at MOT uh, test history and any roadside stops for anything which is... Uh, potentially could be part of a recommendation because the purpose of an audit isn't to necessarily find failure, it's to find what we can learn. And it's to find what we can learn to do better and how we can improve processes for where they're falling down. Uh, so initially yeah, we would start off with that operator licence and admin. Uh, We'd make sure that there's a contract in place, if there's an external transport manager, for example, or even if there's an in-house transport manager, is there a good quality contract in place, understanding whose responsibilities are whose and how those processes are working in that business. The next thing we'd look at would be vehicle documentation compliance. So we'd understand, um, we'd look at the vehicle files around um, uh, MOT certificates, making sure that TACOs are calibrated. We would make sure that there's VTG certificates a um, uh, plating certificates, and um, there is a nice process in place for managing all of those elements. Uh, if there's Lola tests, are they are they in date, uh, and, and and that kind of thing. Then the third area we would look at is around the driver compliance. So we'd look specifically at driver contracts. We'd make sure there's a good contract in place. Is there an induction process in place? Uh, what training takes place? How does that training work? And then we start to look at the driver's hours and making sure there's a good process in place for managing EU driver's hours, making sure there's a process for understanding working time directive as well. What systems being used? Is missing mileage being monitored? Is there a way for documenting any, uh, or investigating anything like that? And also, is there an escalation process, um, particularly for persistent um uh, uh, people who persistently challenge those rules or, or continually get infringements is there a way of, uh, of escalating that. Again, if there isn't, then that's something that may form part of any recommendations uh, following following the audit. So, um, I think I think that's pretty much it from that point of view. And then we start to look at the maintenance schedule um, and look at how regularly those vehicles are serviced and making sure that they are within the boundaries of the uh, undertakings for the license we would uh, look at how often brake tests are occurring are they at every service are they more periodic than that and are the brake tests sufficient does the operator or the transport manager understand what the brake tests are saying are there braking balances are they fully loaded and then we can make any recommendations there as well um, because uh, we we know that increasingly we're looking to ensure that it's not just a pass when you know a uh, brake test can often say pass when actually it isn't a pass and we need to make sure that it's not just because the brakes are locking that there's sufficient um, uh, brake usage there to make sure that the uh, there isn't an imbalance in the brakes as well because that's something that's becoming increasingly in, increasingly important um, at the moment so um from a maintenance point of view would make sure also that um, defects are being reported is there follow-up on those defects is there um, uh, is it clear that where things have been defected there's actually a repair that's been taken place um, and we start to look at those as part of that audit as well and that ties us into the next area which is around driver administration defecting so um, how do daily checks get managed um, is there a way of managing those so for example gate checks are Um, is the driver defects being reported and then are they being linked to a repair invoice as well if drivers are expected to carry out a uh, repair themselves have they been properly trained to do so Um, or are they signed off as competent to be able to do so as well so those are some of the things we look there from a from a defect point of view as well we then start to look at the operating centre itself so is the operating centre sufficient has it got uh, a health and safety in place is there um, signage is it does it match what's on the O license? Is there um, anything that we uh, need to be aware of around the the quality of that? Is there sufficient um, space and lighting to be able to carry out daily checks? Um, and is it a safe working environment? And then the other thing we often recommend is having a look at a maintenance provider as well, and making sure that those maintenance providers are properly audited on a regular basis as well. So from a from a point of view as an operator, do you ensure that um, your maintenance providers have got calibrated uh, brake rollers, do you make sure that they um, have calibrated equipment, what standard are their technicians trained to, and obviously if it's an in-house maintenance um, uh, provider, so it's their own uh, an own bit, uh, workshop, what equipment's there, is it sufficient, uh, you know, uh, is the torque wrench calibrated, um, and part of that maintenance process <coughs> we would be looking at Wheel talk procedure, uh, making sure that you know what happens when there's tires. Is there a tire agreement in place? Is tire usage monitored? Um, There's uh, there's obviously a whole whole range of things. So I'm not going to go through the whole audit document itself, but hopefully uh, those give you an idea of some of the range of things that we're able to check or should be included if you were to create your own compliance audit. Those are some of the areas that you'd uh, you'd be able to look at and there's questions you can create off of those different areas and start to think about the different license undertakings to ensure that an, your operator is meeting those standards. So those can be applied if you're a consultant or even if you're an in-house transport manager and you wanted to audit your own processes. Hopefully that gives you, there's some ideas there for people to think about that might be able to help them. Likewise, if you're looking for um, an external audit provider. That is something that, that flagship partners are able to do. We've got several transport managers here that are, that are uh, very well versed in understanding and um, helping to audit operators. Um, so with regards to the, the audit, that kind of explains the what. So what is what are the things that we're looking at and what do you get off the back of that? Well, off the back of that audit, you get a full report as to what's been met and what hasn't been met. But we also give you the actions that are required. So what potentially would be major non-conformities, what would be uh, minor non-conformities, and then any recommendations as to best practice. So they may not be uh, a breach of compliance, but it may be a best practice. It may give ideas for moving forward. So it's often good to get someone else to potentially check your work. Um, And uh, I'm more than happy to have my systems audited and we operate to various standards. So we have people to check those Um, and, and likewise, it should be something which is done confidentially, and and something that we pride ourselves on that we always carry out audits in a confidential basis to ensure that an operator is be able to be proactive in the way that they're managing their compliance. So, where does it take place? My recommendation is to obviously they can be done remotely, uh, but I do recommend doing an in-person compliance audit. It's, um, I've I've not. I've not carried out one um, and felt as comfortable with it remotely um, as what I would do if I if I physically go and see a premises, and go and see an operating centre, go and see maintenance providers. Um, it makes you much more confident when you make those recommendations, and that you can see uh, all of the transport management system that you need to be able to see to be able to make all of the recommendations. So, when when should um, when should an audit take place? Well. I recommend potentially doing an audit or having an independent audit on an annual basis to ensure that the compliance is up to date. It may not meet, need to be done as, as necessarily as, as regularly as that. But it does help to make sure that there's no weaknesses and uh, there's no sort of blind spots, for example, because there's, all, there's always certain tasks that some people prefer to others or find easier than others. And it's often uh, something that might blindside you. Uh, which uh, needs to be done. So for how how does that work? So normally we allocate a day, depending on the size of the business, it might take more than a day. And sometimes if it's very small or a very small transport operation, it might take less than a day. Um, but how, how's it, how is it done? We, we normally arrive, um, we meet and speak to the transport manager, the directors, we start to understand what the culture of the business is as well as well as understanding how the maintenance is carried out, whether it's online, whether the TACO system's online and and what sort of paperwork we need to look at as well as part of that audit. So, And all of it can depend on, on how long that's going to take. But we'd expect to be with an operator for uh, a couple of days, uh, sorry, a day uh, or at least a couple of hours onwards. And uh, finally, I guess the, the question is why? Why have a, a compliance audit? It's, uh, it's an important part of any management system to ensure that we test that system and to ensure that there isn't any blind spots. And um, particularly within safety, within, within transport compliance, making sure that we have a proactive management system, that we don't just wait for things to go wrong and then fix them. It's good to, on a proactive basis, make sure we check those things. So whether you do it on yourself, which is fine, um, and whether you use any of those hints I've given earlier about what to check, um, that's fine you're 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 more than able to carry out your own audit and, and do your own checks and make sure that that's properly documented or you may be interested in someone externally doing that for you um again there, there's lots of people that are able to do that but if you if you were interested i'd be more than happy to have a conversation around that from flagship from time to time we do offer uh we do do offers on audits um you know so if you are interested please do please do give us a shout and we'd be uh, delighted to speak to you anyway uh thank you very much for listening uh if there's anything i've missed i'm more than happy for you to drop a comment and uh, and let me know um but otherwise please do share it and uh, i hope that you've got value from this session thank you very much i really hope you loved today's episode and if you did please make sure you subscribe and listen out for future episodes too please do share it across your social media channels we hope to reach more and help more people if you want to find out more about me my name's Pete Rushmer you'll find me across any social media channel and my business flagship partners and we're your partners in success across your business thank you see you again soon